This is episode 19 of the High Life Podcast. Welcome to the High Life Podcast. I'm Meredith Wadsworth, your host and certified wellness coach. Each episode covers all things health and wellness, providing weekly inspiration and information for ways to honor yourself every day. What's up, guys? I am coming at you live from Charleston, South Carolina. Well, not technically live, depending on when you're listening to this, but you know what I mean. Um, I am currently sitting in a little kitchenette at the most adorable hostel that I'm staying at here that I booked on my impromptu little trip down here. And I wanted to make sure that I got this podcast up and loaded before I go about exploring. Today's show, we have Nadia Penavea, who is the founder of Plantable. And if you guys follow me on Instagram, I'm sure you've seen me post a bunch of the delicious meals that Plantable has to offer. Um, And if you haven't yet, there is a story highlight on my profile, so I recommend you check that out. Plantable is a whole food, plant-based meal delivery service based out of their Brooklyn kitchen. Everything is chef-prepared, whole, organic, um, fresh, local foods, and it is so, so good. But it is so much more than a meal delivery service, and I completely mean that. Like, they even have health coaches to help you along um, your plan, which ranges from seven days to a total, like, 21-day reboot, I believe. But we will hear all about that from Nadia on this episode, as well as so much more, including her own story and journey with becoming plant-based, how to shift into plant-based eating if that's not something that you already are doing, but also the biochemistry behind it and why it just makes so much sense for the body um, in terms of how it regulates our hormonal response to different nutrition. So lots to cover in the episode today, so we'll dive right in. Before we jump into it, I did just want to give you guys fair warning that there is a little bit of sound difficulty. So if you can't hear her 100% of the time, that's okay. You'll be able to get the gist of what she's saying, and it's still an awesome episode. So hopefully that doesn't deter you from listening. Alrighty, with that, let's get into it. So I wanted to just start off by talking a little bit about who you are, how you got into creating Plantable, sort of where that all started for you, um, and then diving into some more questions regarding the program and plant-based nutrition and all that. So yeah, what it, what is yeah. your title, aside from founder of Plantable, who is Nadia? Is it, it's Nadia, right? Or Nadia? Nadia. No, no, yeah. Nadia. That's perfect. Nadia. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... I, I'm Italian. I grew up in the UK um, and I moved to this country about 12 years ago. I used to work in finance. I have a PhD from a long time ago in quantum chemistry and I grew up in finance. And, um, and then the, kind of the plantable journey began about five years ago when my mother-in-law was diagnosed with kidney cancer. I'd lost both my parents. I'd lost my mother to breast cancer. And so with that diagnosis, I started to throw myself into food and nutrition, looking for a silver bullet to go alongside the, you know, the pending chemotherapy. And it was then that I started reading about today's modern diet, how we have the, the, the ubiquity of added sugar and refined grains and processed food and, and what it's doing to us, not just from a um, you know, calorie point of view, which is how people used to think about things, but just impacting our overall good health. Um, 
wearing down on our immune system, um, provoking inflammation, making us feel tired and sluggish. Um, and the more I started to, to get into that learning, I'm kind of drawing from my PhD of my geeky kind of science days, the more I started to learn about the biochemistry of the body um, and how we can get kind of wrapped up, you know, mentally and biologically into this kind of these highly refined foods. And so it became my mission to try and make it easy to transition people into a more plant-based diet to help them feel better, to have more energy and reset themselves. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So for you, how, how much of your life have you been plant-based? Were you always, was that a big part of growing up for you or when did that switch happen for you? gradual shift so as I said in, in kind of 2014 and 2015 I got into the the learning I started reading you know I got into these academic papers about you know weight management studies and, and my, my pivotal book was Dr. Serban Schreiber's The Anti-Cancer Diet and that after that I read all of the New York Times physician author bestsellers so you name it I read it in the China study Fat Chance in fact Dr. Robert Lester he actually asked me to, to join in board at the time um and so and that kind of took me into early 2015 and over that summer I actually did a pilot which uh, of a group of 11 people because I'd done all this reading I thought what actually happened and over that summer in 2015 I started to, to transition my diet so incorporate more whole I'm Italian so for us you know pasta is, is normal but I yeah know, I didn't know how to cook a whole grain before that. <laughs> what do you do with quinoa? Um, and I used to buy all these vegetables, and they just like look at me in the fridge, going a bit, you know, sad. And yeah. Sorry. And so, you know, I started to get more into that kind of eating. Um, and over that summer, people saying to me, "You know, what are you doing? You, you know, you change. You look amazing. I, I feel really good." And so for me, it was like a, it was a gradual movement into a more plant-based lifestyle and I started to feel better I, at the time I was I'd already run a few marathons I ran a faster marathon I shaved 45 seconds off a minute on my fastest marathon wow so I, I, I trained the you know, least ever because I was so busy with starting up the new company um so you know I just I felt good on it that's awesome so you would say like energy is like one of the biggest changes that you felt when you transitioned over it, it, it was it was for me i mean as as, as you know and, and this is what i love about what it is that we do in bringing people into this journey and, and it meredith it so fits in with everything that you talk about on your <laughs> website i was reading your letter the other day um to that lady who was you know kind of that kind of obsession with, with food and exercise mm-hmm. your beautiful letter that you wrote but once you start to put good things into your body. You don't. You don't need to be obsessed, right? You don't. It all comes naturally. Right. And so, for me, I'd always had a you know a healthy diet, but just making those tweaks to incorporating more whole grains, more beans. Um, I've never been a huge consumer of, of sugar, but I just started to feel so much better. So for me, it was energy. I got more powerful, but. People come to this journey for a variety of reasons. I mean, we we actually work with cardiologists and endocrinologists where we're taking people off statins, we're reversing type 2 diabetes, people lose weight. You know, if you need to lose weight, you will, not because you're counting calories, but it's just 
you're reversing that storage of insulin, right. you're eliminating it, and you're actually using that energy as opposed to storing it. So, so you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. You treat the body well, and it's a miracle what it does back to you, as you know. No, it's, it's true. It's, I mean, your body knows exactly what to do so long as you give it the right information and that's through its inputs, um, you know, both food wise and exercise and, and all everything in between. Um, but yeah, it's, it's never messing up. It's pretty incredible, incredible machine that we walk around in. Um, so having, having done plantable myself, which I loved by the way. So thank you guys so much for allowing me to try it out. Everything was so delicious. And I mean, like any sort of home delivery program, you can kind of be a little bit skeptical, like, Oh, this was prepared ahead of time. Like, I don't know how it's going to taste. Um, it was, everything was amazing. Tasted like gourmet. Like I would go out at a restaurant and order everything that was sent to me. Um, and what I loved about it was just sort of the simplicity of it. You know, you flip the, the, the package over and the ingredients were, you know, everything you could read, everything was, was simple and, and local and, um, organic and nothing, you know, no like added flavors or anything like that, which is just the way that, which was comforting because then it made me feel like uh, I can make this too. You know, it's amazing having this sent to me, but I could probably recreate this just by reading the ingredients, you know, without having to have a full recipe in front of me. Totally, totally. Because, you know, what we're about is, is, is real food, like getting starting with real ingredients. And that's why, you know, in this journey before starting Plantable, you know what the the tenants behind it were how do we how do we help how do we cocoon i mean everything that you 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 talk about and you know how do we help support people through a transition through a change and so the food number one it has to taste good you know because what we're saying is come into this world and if the if the food tastes gross you're going to say oh no thank you it's going to be too hot so number one the food has to taste good number two it has to be balanced so we make sure that there's a lot of plant-based proteins, the satiety, that mm-hmm. it's a balanced meal, that you're not hungry. Because again, it's like the, the article that you were writing about yeah. habits, you say the same thing. You, you can't force yourself into doing something that, that is, you know, is, is not pleasurable. And if you're hungry, it comes the point, the brain says, oh, what the hell, you know, eat, yeah. grab the exactly. cookie. So exactly. it has to be satiating. And then the other part of that program of the education, the coaching is, is exactly what you know as well. It's that nurturing side. It's giving people a framework and helping them, you know, hold their hands if they need to be held right. through through a transition and, and supporting them. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that, yeah, that is one element to it that I, I, I admittedly didn't fully utilize knowing the things that I, I know and I've already lived of a course. diet, so didn't need that much, but I thought that was such a nice, um, an option to have having that direct communication available to me. You know, there was one day where I was like, oh, I can't remember, you know, what order I'm supposed to have these in. Can you remind me? And that was, that was helpful. Um, but speaking of like the order of things, I was curious to know, you know, how do you sort of schedule out or program out both your seven day reset and the 28 day like reboot, you know, you have your, your meals for the first day, second day, third day, or, you know, they're all color corded, color coordinated rather. Um, but do you, when you go out to create the whole schedule, do you have in mind, you know, a, a method to the madness? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, so there are a lot of things that go into it. So one is um, 
we want to have a diversity of meals um, and um, we bring in, so for the lunch dishes we'll have in, in, in any one week where you have six lunches and you have six dinners, two of those lunches will be soups. One's going to be a, a beanish salad. We have um, some bakes for, for our gluten-free weeks. We use corn, handmade um, uh, corn tortilla, and we do these burrito bakes. Um, mm-hmm. and, then, and then we normally have on the Saturday being some sort of brunch, so brunch muffin or a, uh, a quintessential quinoa quiche. So there is um, a, a kind of pattern to our lunches. And then our dinners, Tuesday, I'm, I'm Italian, so you know, Tuesday night is, is pasta night. Yeah. With lentil pasta, so we're all about keeping insulin low. So and um, and then it comes with different types of sauces, and those sauces rotate. So good! Oh my gosh! Did you like that one? Yes. You know that was our friend Chanel. There was an Alfredo one. I think it was cauliflower Alfredo. Oh my god! That's lovely, right? It's just yum. And and there's a surprise, right? Because people say, "Oh, you know, pasta's bad. I shouldn't eat it." Nothing's bad. It's just the quality that you're starting with. You start with good ingredients. Nothing's bad. I mean, you know, so this yeah. whole thing of like, oh, I shouldn't use, I'm not allowed to eat this. You know, what we're basically saying is it's help you cut the sugar because that just doesn't, you know, drive inflammation and make you hungry. Mm-hmm. And then um, let's help you switch those refined grains to whole grains and then it keeps your blood sugar low. And then let's help you switch some of that animal-based protein to plant-based protein because it's full of fiber and nutrients. So, so yeah, so the dinners have, you know, patterns them as well. But again, as I said earlier, it's important that every meal has enough protein in it because this isn't about being hungry. This is actually about changing the hormonal responses in your body. And as we know, hormones do drive our behavior. So what we're doing is we're increasing leptin, which is the satiety hormone. And so the brain now has more leptin. It has fiber, which is giving this slow release of digestion in the body. And it says, oh, I feel great. And then we go back to a regular four-hour metabolic cycle where we're back in control of what we're, of, of our food. It's not the brain kind of controlling us and pinging us every two hours to say, eat more, eat more. We're actually back to a healthy metabolic cycle, which, which relates back to that beautiful letter that you wrote that you know, we don't have to obsess over it. If, if, you, if you start with those right ingredients, the body kind of naturally sorts itself out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So to to that point of making sure that you are getting in enough, you know, plant-based protein at these meals, I know that we don't, you know, the program is not talking about counting anything, counting calories or, or macros or that kind of thing, but is there any sort of that math sort of going on behind the scenes when you program out your dishes? Absolutely. When a, when we hired our executive chef, Nikki Bennett, who's an amazing chef, she used to be an executive chef at Pure Food and Wine. Um, I think it was a huge learning experience for her because we, you know, we'd come out and we'd create these wonderful meals together, and we'd look at the nutritional analysis and we'd say, well, there's not enough protein. You know, we have to have the protein, or are there enough calories? So you absolutely right. No, that behind each meal there has to be a sufficiency of calories. So mm-hmm. in terms of lunches, you know, our range of calories for lunches are between 400 and 500 calories. Um, and the dinners are, you know, slightly higher than that, kind of around the, the, the 600 range. But we ensure that every meal has, you know, the right blend of macronutrients. And again, in particular, having enough protein um, 
per meal, but especially also per day to ensure that we're getting that, that satiety that's needed. So if there is, so if, if you recall in some of our lunches, we'll have a, some of them will be a soup, but it's served with the seed crumble or seed crackers. So whenever there's a kind of side, it's often to, if the soup in of itself um, is sort of slightly on the lighter side in protein, we make sure that we're adding supplements, you know, a real food supplements of extra protein to the patient. Right, right. Um, and, you know, with the making sure that you're hitting the different macronutrients too, I think what makes um, plant-based living and implantable so amazing is that it's, it's making sure that you're hitting all your micronutrients too. And when you look at things just, you know, especially when people are getting used to reading labels, because a lot of the times that's not something we, we do very much of. We usually just read the front of the packet and we see what's bolded, which is usually like maybe the number of calories, the number of fat, the number of yep. carbs or whatever it is, whatever the latest trend is. It's like, this is how many grams of fiber are in it or whatever. And then we just don't even look at the back really. So getting familiar with that, I, I mean, I, there was, well, there was a time in my life where I would look at having 500, 600 calories at lunch. And I'm like, wow, like that's a lot, but it's because okay. that's you're, you're fixating on those larger numbers and you're not actually valuing what you're eating for the nutrient density that you're getting out of it. So when you're looking at how much you're getting, not just of fat, you know, carbs and protein, but what you're getting in terms of your, your minerals, your antioxidants, your phytonutrients and all of those as well, the, those numbers, especially the calorie number is just totally irrelevant. It just doesn't even, it's just made up. Like who says that that's, who says that 500 calories is a lot of calories? Like, you know, like where did that come from in our minds? It's just totally far from what we should be focusing on, which is, you know, why we have the lentil pasta over the processed pasta that has the same amount of calories, but not nearly the protein or fiber. That's right. That's right. I couldn't agree with you more. And, and actually, when we first started the company, we, we didn't put the nutrition label on, on the meals for that very reason, because the calorie thing is a double-edged sword. That yeah. for, for all the people that would say, oh gosh, you know, 450 calories for lunch, that's a lot. You'll have you know, the guy that just worked out on the other side says, oh, that's, I'm going to be hungry on the right. never have enough. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, one rather experienced nutrient-dense eating, and then, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll feel satiety, true satiety. And two, you know, don't be afraid. You know, one of the ratios in terms of kind of nutrition that I, on the macro side, well, macro and micro, that I like to look at is the ratio of, carbohydrates to fiber you know as we know we're living in this world today of you know carbohydrates are the enemy well it's not that carbohydrates are the enemy it's the simple carbohydrates aren't particularly good for you but the complex ones are fabulous for you and they are accompanied by naturally occurring fiber so if you look at the the grams of carbohydrates divided by the grams of fiber clearly the more fiber you have the slower the absorption, the more complex that carbohydrate is. And so if you get a ratio of five or under, that is a really high fiber meal that will give you a slow release of energy. It's not going to spike your insulin. You're not going to get bloated. Um, and it's a wonderful meal to be eating. And so you can, you know, you can throw the calorie thing out of the window. That is a fabulous meal to have. Yeah. I'm curious what your thoughts are on, because fiber is like one of the trendiest topics right now. And I feel like people are just Mm -hmm. adding fiber fillers into their diet to sort of counter 
what they're having aside from it. And there are these different diets, I'm not going to name names, but are, that are so focused yeah. on fiber that they're putting out products and powders and bars and things that are just filled with like, you know, inulin and psyllium yeah. husk and all of these different fibers, which are yeah. good to a degree, but not when you're adding them in there just to counter like the cookie that you had, right? Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work the same way. No, it does not. So you want, well, you know, number one, inulin, especially the, the inulin that's, that's manufactured and processed and added to cereals and, you know, all of those high fiber foods that were marketed um, is particularly bad for the microbiome and bad for your gut. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and is prone to, prone to provoking inflammation and, and bloating. So that is not, that is not the same. No, you're right. We're talking about having fiber and natural occurring ingredients um that um that you know nature had it right all along you know you have a sweet potato it's got fiber you have fruit and, and the, the fructose in the fruit is is dampened by the fiber that's naturally occurring in the apple and so forth and so you know it, it's a very different mechanism and you know they are those biscuits of, as we know that you know people are taking but and, and they can have short-term impact right you know people do lose weight on it but ultimately you know this certainly our mission my mission yours as well is about bringing people into an effortless effortless lifestyle where you're not having to worry about things you just you know enjoy eating in this way and, and it's how you want to carry on eating because it's truly good for your body and you actually enjoy doing it yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what keeps me going. People, I get asked all the time, you know, how do you have motivation to continue eating this way, to keep moving your body the way, that, like, you know, to stay active? Or how do you have motivation to just, you know, stay healthy in general, I guess. And for me, it's like, or or, or rather they say, how do you not, you know, fall off the wagon kind of thing? And for me, it's like, how, there's there's no wagon to fall off of if it's something that you're just you just live on that's just like how you are you know it's not like it's not like I run the risk of falling back into something because that's um you know there's just not like another level for me like this is just my ground level which is just to feel really good with how I'm fueling my body and how I'm moving my body and it's not a matter of feeling like I'm forcing myself into something this is just the baseline and when you can get yourself to that place you just realize that the way you feel doesn't even compare to the temporary maybe satisfaction that you got from whatever processed foods you were having before. And there's just no desire. There's no risk of falling off because there's no desire to fall off. Well, so you brought up like two really important things. One, my aha moment, which is why I set up Plantable as a program, was that we are, people hate this word, but unfortunately we're addicted to crap. You know, we are Mm -hmm addicted to sugar we're dependent on those highly refined grains and sugar biochemically and I draw the analogy to smoking so I mentioned earlier my father died when I was very young I was 10 he was 45 45 anticipated by he was a smoker and as many people were back in in those days Um, and so I grew up being a fervent anti-smoker until the age of about 21 when my idiot boyfriend got me into smoking as I was doing my finals and you know proceeded to you know be one of these social smokers but would end up you know smoking a significant amount um and used to wake up with self-loathing. In the meanwhile, I've got my mother dying of breast cancer. Mm. I'm pretty strong-willed and, and, and not 
silly and I know there was a connection between smoking and cancer, yet it was really hard to stop. The point of this story is it was only when I understood, I read a book called Alan Carr's The Easy Way to Stop Smoking, that I understood that nicotine was an addiction. Was I able to overrule that part of my brain that thought, my life is going to be deprived. How will I ever enjoy myself on a night out without a cigarette? Um, I'm always going to be stressed. How can I cope? Now, those statements sound ridiculous to the non-smoker because we don't miss smoking because we're not smoking. And right. that's the addictive brain telling you to take it next hit. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what happens with food and, and especially with sugar when people say, well, I'm going to miss sugar. My life's going to be deprived. Once you're no longer controlled by sugar and today's highly processed diet, you don't fall off the wagon because, as you say, that's your baseline. And that's what I'm setting out to achieve. That's what we set out to achieve with Plantable of like, come with us for 28 days. We'll, we'll do, we're going to get you into that space where you're no longer going to miss those things and you're not going to feel deprived. Why? Because you're no longer dependent on the craft. Yeah. And you're just going to feel so awesome. And you want to carry, to your point, you want to carry on eating in that way and living in that way. Because eating, as you know so well, it's just one of the gateways. Because if you eat well, you feel better, you have more energy. You know, there's a psychological component. So you have a massive improvement in self-esteem. You're proud of yourself. I mean, I I get so, I, you know, frustrated and saddened is a better word of, you know, and especially we as women of this this endless cycle of I've tried to die and I've failed and I'm such a loser and why is it so hard for me? Well, it's hard because big food has kind of got us into this situation. But the, the freedom that comes when you cross the abyss and you get to the other side is amazing. So, yes, you've got the medical improvement. Yes, you look better. Yes, you shed pounds. But psychologically... So you feel free. You right. have improvement in self-esteem. That's that's invaluable. Yeah, it's so true. And for me too, I think to that psychological part of it, it's kind of like if you know by eating a plant-based diet, like regardless of the macronutrient profile or any of that stuff, like you know that like it's coming from the earth, it's coming from the ground. Like this can't be bad for me at any like it just can't. Like by the nature of it, it's not going to make me sick and unwell. So knowing that I'm already taking care of myself in that way by what I'm putting in my body, then I don't have to like think about later on, like, oh, did I have too many carbs at lunch? Like, it's just not even a part of the equation. So then I have so much more of my brain power to put towards things that make me a passionate and excited to do towards the work that I want to do towards the people that I want to be with. And then the rest of life just like falls into place. You know, I feel like so many people, the re- aside from the fact that these different diet trends are just unsustainable because of either they're promoting products or, you know, they're, they're, you know, really extreme into one macro or the other, and you're not, you're not satiated that those things aside, it's not dealing with the underlying issue that you know, they're not sure that what they're putting in themselves is actually good for them. And it keeps this questioning feeling coming back and thus the distractions from living life. And that's what keeps the focus back on constantly on food. 
you know, and it's what keeps the snacking happening when you're at work and, you know, maybe trying to focus on something that actually matters to you, but you can't because you're still focused on, did you have enough at lunch? Did you not have enough at lunch? Can I have this snack? Can I not have this snack? And, you know, it just, life gets away from you in that way. But when you are feeding yourself this wholesome, in this wholesome way that you just know on a chemical level is so good for you, everything else just, you know, lines up for you. And that just kind of like becomes secondary almost. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I think this is our collective mission to, to, to give people the, the encouragement and the strength to, to say there's an easier way. There really is an easier way. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that initial change is hard. I mean, what's in your experience? What is the catalyst you know, for people to, to make that change? What what have you experienced as one of the you know, some of the catalysts that people need in order to, to change? Um, I think for them they need to know that it's just it's easy. I think the biggest thing that I hear is like, I don't have time to cook at home. You know, it's too time consuming. It's you know, they just sort of use that as a crutch without even really trying. And for me, I think they get, I think because of also like social media or whatever, people think that like, oh, in order to eat well, you have to meal prep all the time and you have to have all these like recipes and like dole it out and have all this time on your hands. And for me, it's really like, I call it ingredient prepping. It's, I literally will spend maximum 25, 30 minutes in my kitchen each day, every other day, just like prepping basic roasted vegetables, a pot of quinoa on the stove or a thing of mung beans. Like, and I'll do that while I'm taking a shower. Like it's literally zero time. And I have all these amazing foods that I can then toss together in this and that way. And when I introduce that sort of method to people and tell them, you know, look, it doesn't have to be spending a half hour to an hour in your kitchen, making a specific recipe, having it for the next three days. Like it is so much simpler than that. They're kind of like, oh, that's it. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's it. And it just kind of clicks, you know, but it, it is a little bit of that hurdle to get them, get them confident that they can, you know, make something that tastes good and that, you know, eating plant-based isn't just eating a raw carrot stick. And, you know, that's, it's a big, it's a big thing for people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're totally right. I mean, that's the biggest preconception, right? Of, Oh my god! It just means when I eat salad all day long, and you know, no way. Yeah. Um, but once you get those foundations that you were just saying, you know, you get a you get a whole grain, you roast some vegetables, or you know, I mean, how lovely is it? You know, lightly roasted vegetables, the most gorgeous things, oh, and so then good. you can add some beans to it, where you're going to get your protein from, and you you put it all together, and that's amazing. That's a wonderful meal. So. It is, but you know, it, it is it is a difference, right? It is it is a change at the beginning. I think can be just a little overwhelming, and people go, "Oh God, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it." So, and then again, I think that was one of the reasons why we set up, you know, Plantable as it was to say, "Look, we've got your back for 28 days while well, you then figure this out," you know, because you, you don't, you know, no one wants to eat someone else's food for the rest of their life. But right. let, let's get you feeling good. Let's get you feel into the zone. And let's teach you along the way kind of some of those tricks to maintaining this life because you know, it's easy to carry on. Yeah. So what are your like best tips for someone who, you know, goes through the, the reboot or, the, or the, the quick start and is now dealing with creating this kind of lifestyle for themselves afterwards? So how do you, how do you sort of guide them to prevent them from sort of falling back on their old habits confidently? Um, well, 
the the number one thing that determines a really successful outcome is getting the sugar over those 28 days if people manage to get the sugar out mm-hmm. they are they're kind of their their outcomes for continued success are incredibly high um and again i draw the analogy a little bit to the smoking if you get a smoker to go from 20 cigarettes down to five that's great that however they're always a smoker and it's more likely to creep back up to 20 so if we can reset that sugar habit, not to say they never have sugar again in their lives, but for that period of time, they've made a concerted effort to really kick it. And, and more than anything, know where it lurks, right? Because we're all conscious of, well, I'm having the cookie, but there's that, oh, I'm having organic granola, or I'm having um, the fruit yogurt, or what, or I'm having you know, the, the the smoothie that has the protein powder that has sugar in it or, or whatever it is, or I'm having the vanilla almond milk, you know, it's lurking everywhere. So really helping people identify where sugar is also lurking. Yeah, and all those hidden places. Um, that's right, that's right, where you can amass a huge amount. Um, and then um, secondly is teaching them the things that we just described, you know, how to cook a whole grain you know, what is it? and giving them the confidence of, changing their taste buds as well right so you know we have a lot of people one of the reasons that that very first entry point was plantable is we have a suggested you know chef's menu um and we'll accommodate for allergens and so forth but um we want to give people the diversity of taste because by the end they've reset their taste buds and i've had so many people say like oh i never thought i liked red peppers but i do or i never thought i liked eggplant but i really do now mm-hmm. um, and so i think giving people just like a child like the more you expose them to different things the more they're likely to, to want to adopt them so it's it's taste buds it's getting you know out the sugar merry-go-round it's giving them the simple tools of you know cooking at home it is how to order we teach people how to order when you go out to brunch or at the restaurant because at the beginning, it's a bit overwhelming, um, and um, and and then also some, you know, whether it's recipe books or whether it's blogs or cases to go. And you know, many people will reincorporate some you know, meat or eggs or whatever into their diet, but what's happened is the bulk of their eating has become plant-based. Right. Do you do you still have meat in your diet? No, no, I'm I'm pretty plant based. Yeah, <laughs> as I said, it's been a transition, but um, um, but I'm plant based these days. Yeah, uh, I was just curious if um if that was like at all part of the uh, sort of guidance that you give to people as they as they transition off you know this is how often you think that you should have animal products if you decide that this part of what you your lifestyle you know like how this is do you do you sort of give any tips there or do you sort of just like let that be intuitive no I mean absolutely I mean I think you know it has to everyone has to find their balance um and what we're doing is getting people into a zone where they don't miss meat that much. And invariably, everyone says, oh, it's going to be really hard. I love meat. And invariably, no one misses meat as much as they think they are going to mm-hmm. come into it. Um, and if they want to reincorporate meat into their diet, that's everyone's personal decision. We do encourage people that if they are bringing meat back in, to stay organic and high quality. Um, and um, 
you know, rather than having meat three times a day, if they're introducing it back, you know, one time a week or whatever it is, to be more discerning on the quality, so reduce the, the quantity and be more discerning on the quality. But, you know, absolutely, you know, people have to kind of find at the end what is their, their happy medium. We just, we reset them. It's the same thing with sugar, right? You know, we have a 28-day, let's really try and get the sugar out. We don't have any added sugar in our meal. Clearly, some, you know, people will add sugar back into their diet. It's just a question of you add it back and you're aware of it and you choose to make that decision rather than the sugar control. And that's the same thing with the meat and chair. Right. And, and your taste buds change too. So you are able to tell the difference between something that's naturally sweet and something that has added sugar to it. Exactly. Um, for me, I feel like, or not for me, but like for my, my clients that I work with more so than missing meat, a lot of the times their, their worry or their weak spot is dairy and cheese. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm curious from your, by, you know, biochemical background, it's, is that also something that's in our brains addictive? I yes, I believe. I mean, I came to I came to this country twelve years ago, and um, you know, even though I grew up in the UK, I'm I'm Italian. You know, we we used to cook Italian at home. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of where my my heart and passion is. And I came in, I was just like astounded that people will snack on cheese. You know, there's there's dairy yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Um, and we can go into you know the the origins of that phrase some other time. And, and thanks to the you know the, the power of the marketing of the food industry but um dairy is particularly uh, ubiquitous in this country and i do think it ha- well it does have because it's sweet it has that dopamine lighting it's highly powerful food and it lights up your dopamine so mm-hmm. you know you've got sugar which is the uh, you know the absolute uh, dopamine pinger but but dairy is very close behind it's highly powerful and people um are used to having it as a snack um, and as a significant part of their their meals. If one looks at the Mediterranean diet that's you know been hailed over the over the years as a as a healthy way of eating, if you look at the blue zones, many of them have, have highlighted you know Mediterranean zones. Um, it's not as if they never touch you know a little bit of Parmesan cheese, but it's just it's in moderation. And, and yeah. true moderation, it's peripheral. It is not a big part of the Italian diet, or at least it wasn't. Um, you know, we don't drink milk. You don't give milk to children to, to drink. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas here, we're told that children need milk for calcium, even though the United States, with the highest dairy consumption, has the highest levels of osteoporosis in women of any Western country. Um, so um, a reduction in dairy is is... Is, is health promoting. Uh, many people into, are intolerant to casein, which is the protein um, in milk, um, and it's inflammatory. So we're better off reducing. Yeah, but you're right. It is hard. People, sugar and dairy are the hardest one. Yeah, definitely. But I can confidently say that from the week that I had, I mean, dairy and, and when I was, when I was younger, I like lived off milk. I don't really know what, what happened there or why, but it was never cheese for me. That was never an issue. Um, but I can say that, you know, if anybody is in love with cheese, they would not be for want of, of that kind of flavor on plantable. There was, you know, I think you guys sent me some like lasagna or something like that. It was amazing. And like, obviously no real cheese in there. Um, that's, that's it's, right. And we make a mac and cheese. We make a, mac, a magic mac and cheese, which means we use 
cashew cream and nutritional yeast. Oh, so I don't think I got to try that, that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that one, that's it's gorgeous. Um, and it's baked with, with cauliflower in it as well. So oh my God. what you think is that kind of luxurious cheese sauce is actually blended cauliflower in it. So it's got that bechamel type of sauce. Um, but it tastes kind of very, very clean, made with lentil pasta. Well. Uh-huh. Is so, there a plantable cookbook coming? <laughs> I would love to. Like the moment I have some time, I would love to do the plantable cookbook. I'm really excited oh about doing that kind of the plantable story. Um, yeah, so we, what we're trying to do is not be out there with the pixies, but to, to bring people into a world where, you know, food tastes good with real good. For example, I'll give you another example, you know, pesto, which is a wonderful ingredient, a wonderful condiment with pasta. I was a real skeptic. I was like, how can you make pesto with nutritional use? It's not going to taste and it tastes mm. great. Yeah. And nutritional yeast is full of B12. It's, you know, it's great for you. Um, so, you know, it, it is possible to, to live in this way and enjoy the meal. Yeah. I love nutritional yeast. If you had to pick like one of your like favorite, I guess, um, I, I hate to use the word like superfoods, but like that's kind of what they're called these days. What, what would you say is like your top one or top three Oh God, that's a really, really hard one. Um, so I think nutritional use is, is magic, right? It's kind of like yeah. it's, it's so versatile. Yeah. It's so wonderful. So I like that. But I, you know, you can't live off nutritional use, really. Um, I think um, I think beans are pretty magic. You know, mm. whether it's a chickpea or it's a white bean yeah. or black bean. They're full of nutrients. They're so full of fiber. I think they're kind of my magic go-to food. Um, I, I'm a big fan of farrong as a kind of whole grain base um, or quinoa if you've got you know, gluten intolerances. But mm-hmm. I, I, I love the nutty taste of farro. I think it's very um, filling. It's got a huge amount of fiber. Yeah. Farro, you're saying, yeah? Yes. Sorry, my Italian accent. Yeah, farro. <laughs> Um, and I I love spinach. I love baby spinach. I'll yeah. throw it in anywhere I can. I have it for breakfast in the morning on top of my Ezekiel bread and avocado. I always throw a handful of baby spinach on. It actually keeps me really full and empowers me through to to, to midday to lunch. Um, so those would be, oh, and I love avocado as well. I think avocado is super Yes, good. avocado, amazing. Those are all such good ones. Totally agree. Um, I would love to ask, what do you think is, in your opinion, like one of the most underrated contributors to our health, aside from, you know, what we're putting in our bodies every day? Um, I, so outside of food, do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, I think sleep. Sleep. I think, yeah, I do. I think, yeah. you know, I feel it myself when, you know, when I go to bed, after 11 o'clock and it's 11 30 or quarter to 12 um you know we, we all have what's the right amount to speak for us and i can kind of keep going like a little bit of a you know one of those duracell batteries um yeah. but i if i don't get my seven and a half or eight hours after a few days i'm just i get a low you know not even just tired but i just feel a little bit more blue um and i think sleep is amazing I think it's amazing. I mean, look at children, right? They don't have enough sleep. They get really cranky and they're unbearable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think sleep is magic and we don't get enough of it. We don't, we don't give ourselves enough time to sleep. 
No, it's true. You don't give your enough, you don't give your body enough time to rest. Is not to mention your brain digestion gets thrown off. You don't have enough sleep and that doesn't contribute to blood sugar very well. And yeah, it's sleep is sleep is a huge one. Um, and I think as well, you only asked me for one, but I'll, I'll throw in the other one because I think it's just as important is, um, and they're related, but but kind of mental de-stressing. So whether mm-hmm. it's through meditation mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever we find is a way that we can calm our brains down and just and, and just be still. Um, yep. I think it's a skill that needs practicing. I think Definitely. It, we're talking a lot more about it, but it is. It's an effort to kind of you know get into that zone, but I think it's huge. Yeah, no, it is, and both you're right. Both of those go so hand in hand, and this is kind of like a a different conversation that I could go on and on and on about, but just the the concept that I think is becoming a little bit more mainstream. That you know, when when we realize that you know our conscious thoughts when we're awake and what we're thinking is effectively what creates our reality. We are not our thoughts, but yet that determines our day, our mood and everything about us. And the only times where we're not just operating by our stream of consciousness is either when we are asleep or when we are meditating. And making sure that you have those elements as as a part of your life is so important um just, you know, to to keep momentum going in a positive direction, um, you know, getting down into, into these different mental illnesses or, you know, addiction is, is a lot of it comes from, you know, spending too much time in the, in the mind and the, in the conscious mind and not enough in sort of that, um, transcendental mind when you're meditating or asleep. Um, so yeah, that was a little bit of an aside. Again, I could go on forever. Yeah. That. Do you do you meditate often? I I do. I I do every day. It's you know it varies. Sometimes it's five minutes. Sometimes I can go for twenty. For me, most of my meditation actually comes through my yoga practice, um, yeah. and that's like one of the few times where I feel like I am genuinely like very just present in the moment and not you know running by my thoughts. Um, yeah. But yeah, and and not to say that it it comes easily. There are plenty of times where I feel like the whole time that I spent meditating, I am just trying to quiet my mind. And, but that's still, that's still it. You know, it's not like that's not meditating. It still is. And it's other days it's, it, it is more restful naturally, but it's showing up every day. And it's also that, that, um, that commitment to doing it that I think is, yeah. is impactful too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would love to wrap up with a few more fun questions. And I like to ask these to each of my guests. Um, Have you ever read Tim Ferriss's book, Tribe of Mentors? No, I have not. Okay. Well, highly recommend it. Um, But that's just where I get some of these questions from. Okay. First one is, what is a weird habit or absurd thing that you do that you love? (laughs) I don't know if this is weird enough, but... I love to fall asleep um, listening to a podcast. So I will um, put on my favorite podcast uh, or listen to an audible book and I will set my timer and I will listen to kind of 10, 15 minutes and then end up drifting off asleep to it. So I, yes. That's kind of weird. I put my headphones in and I, and I drift off asleep. Yeah. The other weird thing I do is um, if I'm going to eat something that I don't normally like a, you know, piece of cake or something or I will take a little bite of it I'll just have a, like a tiny tiny portion 
I'll eat that and then I'll come back and I'll have another tiny portion and I do about three times. So I end up eating what everyone else is eating anyway, but I you know, I like to break it up in little bits. Um, someone pointed that out to me recently. I didn't realize I did that. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, just a little taste here and there. <laughs> um, if you had a billboard, what would it say? I think it would say cut the crap. Um, I love because, that. Uh, <laughs> it's, and that used to be actually be on our website. It used to just say cut the crap because both from that kind of food, but just also, I guess it's the person I am, you know, straight talking, just yeah. say it how it is yeah. and you know, be real. Like everything about being real. So that's what my bill was. Yeah, I love that. Cut the crap, cut the excuses, like all that stuff. So good. Mm-hmm. What is the best investment under $100 that you've made in this past year? Now, this can be financially, it could also be like an investment in time or or energy. Um I recently discovered um I, I came into my inbox for some bizarre reason a skincare product um that and i'm always skeptical of these things i'm not you know a huge kind of online buyer falling for these things um but the person it came from i hold this person in high regard um and it's made with all kind of organic natural ingredients um and i tried it and my skin felt so lovely and so much better um that I um I ended up buying that. So I think it was an investment um on my in my skin and how it made me feel and how it makes me feel in the morning and evening when I put it on. Yeah. What brand was it? It's called Anne Marie Janney Skincare. So it doesn't have any artificial fragrances. They have serums and oils. Um and it's just lovely. And they come in these like little things, even like the foundation you can you buy this mineral powder and then you just add your serum to it so you can have it be Ooh. a very thin foundation or a slightly matter one it's just lovely i really love oh, it i love that well will you send me a link to that i'll put it in the show notes oh lovely of course i will yeah awesome. and then lastly how do you honor yourself every day you know it's a tough one because i'm i've worked long hours with plantable I'm absorbed I've got children at home and there's often not enough time for for me um that being said when the spring arrives hopefully soon I love to run 30 minutes each morning around the Brooklyn Bridge Park Pierce and that's my thing mm-hmm. um but my other thing that I do is I love to snuggle up with my children who are nine and seven each evening and you know, as often as I can mm. and um, read them a book before bed. So with my seven-year-old daughter, we're reading Rainbow Fairies. And then with my son, we're in the middle of reading Ratberg and my dad, David Williams. And that's, that's my time. That's my me time with my, my gorgeous little two puppets. Oh, I love that. And, and just nourishing yourself the way that you do. That's a, that's a form of honoring yourself every day too. It is. I, it really is. Um, uh, the ability to you know, be able to, to eat well during the day. You know, I, I grab my plantable meals in the morning, actually from the freezer, and I just bring them to work and have have those at lunch every day and, you know, often have those at dinner as well, especially if, you know, I'm getting in a bit later. Um, it just, it, it keeps me going. It makes me eat well and easily, and it gives me the energy to go. Yeah. 
Amazing. Awesome. Well, Nadia, thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure talking to you and trying out Plantable. I can't recommend it enough. If you guys ever need recipe testers, you know where to find them. <laughs> you come in once a quarter. The best day of the quarter is when we do our recipe testing for the next season. It's really, really fun. We'll, oh my we'll, God. We'll, we'll let you know. I'll wait for my invitation. <laughs> you'll, you'll be getting it. Well, Meredith, thank you so much for, for having me on your wonderful podcast. It's an honor to be to be here chatting with you. So I really enjoyed it. And keep up the amazing work that you're doing. You're helping so many people. You're such a shining light. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. And likewise. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in today's episode. And we've got a special code just for you listeners to get $25 off your first order from Plantable. Simply use code MeredithW25 at checkout using the link in the show notes.